What is going on, my bobs and bobettes? Welcome to the Boldcast, a podcast series by the Best of Bold brand that focuses on the journeys of the everyday heroes. We hope to strip away all the bullshit and deliver the real story because the destination is just a byproduct of the journey. Let's go. Hey guys, we are trying something a little different for this podcast. Instead of our usual 45 to 60 minutes long show, we are breaking it up into two parts. This way, you'll find it easier to digest and get more details from the conversation. We hope you enjoy this new format. Welcome to another episode of The Boldcast. Today, I have Miriam here, and she is going to be sharing her life story with us. Uh, Miriam, would you like to start off by giving us a brief intro about yourself and what you do? Uh, yes. <laughs> My name is Miriam Brisu. I am a mother, a wife, and an artist. Uh, I've been for a very long time. I've done it all my life. And just recently, it's kind of taking off in a good direction. Right now, I'm concentrating. Most of my work is um, revolved around the culture. So as you can see, I, I paint a lot of Frida's. She's a Mexican artist. I paint a lot of sugar schools. Um, I'm really wrapped around that. Like It's, it's um, very dear in my heart. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I paint a lot of Frida, and people assume that I like her paintings. But to be completely honest, I don't like her paintings. Like, I, don't, I didn't like the color. I just liked who she was. So I like the fact that she um, was a go-getter. She wasn't afraid. She was bold for her time in a country where still women are undermined, you know? And she just... Didn't give up. You can drop that bomb. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's okay. We will still be featured in iTunes if you drop that bomb a few times. She didn't give up. Like, she just did her. And she, even though she was a little unhappy with the way her life was, and that's what she painted her reality, which was really sad, um, I feel like ultimately she was happy doing that. She was happy being herself and doing herself so I'm doing that right now I'm being myself I'm doing me I've done a lot of artwork where there's penises and and that's just that's me that's it was a moment in my life where I was upset with men so I decided to kind of make fun of it you know and it, it that's where my art took off where people started noticing it more like what is that is that is that penis oh my gosh it is like, people would freak out. I would, my dad was totally against it. Not because it's a penis and I'm a woman and like I shouldn't be doing that, but because he was afraid that people were going to judge me in a bad way. So, but I did it anyway. I didn't care. I did it anyway and I did art shows with it and it just, so much fun just having people pass by and like, what is that? It was, that's what it, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do the shock factor, the what is she doing, or why would she do that, or I'm just trying to be different. Good for you. Um, so, so the first question I want to ask you is, why do you want to be an entrepreneur, or in this case, why do you want to pursue this artistic passion of yours? 
My time on this planet is short. Now that as I've got older, it's scary to think that it's getting shorter. Like I recently turned 30 and, and it was really an emotional time for me because at 30, you kind of expect to have your life together and know what to do and have a career and whatnot. But I don't, I don't really have a full-blown, super successful career. And I feel like personally, I'm not where I want to be. It's been a year since I quit my, my job. And um, I just, I didn't want to waste my life living somebody else's life and like living somebody, like working my ass off for somebody else's dream. So I wanted to do my own thing. And I've always kind of wanted to do my own thing, but I've never really had the courage to. Like I recently, the spark of this like fire under my ass to do something for myself and for my daughter and for my husband. So that's what I want to do. Awesome. A lot of people don't know, but when I was little, I've always wanted to be I would say an artist, but I, I loved drawing. I spent a lot of my time or downtime at the time. Uh, that was before internet became popular. That was before all these smartphones. So what I would do is usually put the CD in the Walkman and then I would put on my headphones and I would just draw. It would be just me tracing things or just me looking at cartoons or anime and then I'll draw these characters. And it's always been something that was innate for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being... being Asian parents that, that I, I've had, um, and they were very, not against it, but they always wanted me to get a real job or have a real skill. Um, you know, I don't know if you, you've heard of this, and my parents would usually tell me, oh, you know, artists don't make money until they die. Uh, but I honestly, maybe because I was young, maybe because I was naive, I, I believed in it. But nowadays, I, I've met a lot of artists or even designers for that matter who are creating beautiful artwork or designing wonderful products. And for me, I have this little regret because I didn't really pursue that. And, and even now, I'll tell my wife, I said, hey, you know, when, I, when I'm on a conference call, when I'm bored or when I want to just come up with ideas, I'll just take a whole stack of post-its and I'll just draw on it but I don't have any concrete image that will show it would just be lines or just be circles dots whatever random images and then I'll just you know rip it off and just throw it away and I'll just continue drawing other random items but it's it's one way for me to think but it's also my way of kind of relating to you because you actually put your foot down and wanted to pursue this path of yours I know when we first spoke you said your dad was also an artist. Was that kind of somehow just the start for you to say, hey, I wanted to get into art, but you also told me your, your dad said not to go into this career. Yes, I grew up with it. My dad, my grandma, everybody around me was an artist and, you know, he would show me things here and there and he, he was very, he was actually very critical of my work. So I was kind of afraid coming out and showing my work to people because all my life I heard like, oh no, I could be better, I could be better. Um, that's just the artist in him trying to make me work harder, I feel. But yeah, he, um, when I figured out, like, this is what I want to do, like, I always knew I wanted to do something with art, I just didn't know what exactly. And he was like, no, don't go into that career at all because it's a heartbreak. He's an artist, he, um, he still does art, but he's not, he's not successful. He works for other people. 
He doesn't do any work for himself. And that's why he says it's a heartache because it's something he loves, but it, he's not doing it for himself. I get you. And he told me the same thing. You're going to be poor. You're going to struggle. You know, you're going to feel... People's opinions are rough. People are going to say really mean things about your stuff because not art is not for everybody. Art is not... If this person likes it, this person's not going to like it. It's true. I mean, I did go through a lot of that. And I'm still going through a lot of that. But I've always felt like I just have to do it. It's just I wasn't happy anywhere else. Like, it, I still got jobs because I had paid, like, bills to pay. It couldn't just sell my artwork like not everybody wanted to buy it so I still had other jobs and while I was there I was always like I'm not happy here I could be painting I could be doing this like I was just I would do my work but I was always thinking about this I was daydreaming about this and even after he told me not to I still did it anyway and now now after many many years of you know him telling me not to do it he's like good for you I'm glad you did it And I'm glad that you're doing something different than I am. Because he ended up having to cross his hands and like work for someone else. And I I'm not I'm working for myself now. Which is so liberating and so awesome. It's ridiculous. Like the feeling is just it's overwhelming. Sometimes I get like really emotional just thinking about how grateful I am to my husband and to my family around me that are supporting this. 100% now, not just, you know, uh, like my dad, everybody else is pretty supportive, but my dad was the one who's like, no, it's not a good idea. Like, I just don't want you to suffer like I did. To that, I would say art is very, very subjective. And being an art, uh, artist, the hardest thing for you to do is working for somebody else because you are taking their idea and you're trying to make sense of it through your own work. But it's not liberating because at the end of the day, you're being judged by others. You're not really producing 100% what you want. So there's that trade-off. And, and I completely understand that because you can't be fully creative if you are restricted by somebody else's thoughts. But vice versa, I, I definitely want to compliment you on the fact that you took a chance, you were bold, you took a chance in what you believed in. I know exactly how that feels. The struggle between I'm not happy with where I'm at, I really want to do something. It's just, there's that hump, that imaginary hump that you're trying to fight over or get over. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Even for me at times where I go, oh, A, you have to pay your bills, but then B, you're not happy. You realize time, the time that you have left is dwindling down. Every single day, you're doing the same thing over and over again, and you just look forward to certain parts of the week just so you can have them to yourself. But other than that, you feel like you're just going through autopilot and you're just going through this rat race. Mm-hmm. So good for you that you're doing what you're doing. And this actually leads me to my uh, second question to you. What makes you bold and how are you bold? I know we talked about you breaking out of that shell and, and fighting for yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of go into a little bit. Why do you think you are bold? I think I'm bold in a more personal sense because like I mentioned earlier, growing up, my dad was very, I don't say mean, but it was kind of mean at the time. Strict, you know? maybe. Uh, just about my work. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't like it. Like, no, this could be better. No, I don't think you should turn that in. Or I don't think you should show that. So I guess what he was trying to do, he never told me, was trying to get me to work harder and make it better. But it, instead, it kind of just made me feel ashamed of it and... Even though it was like my drug, like my free moment, my free moment when I was creating, I still felt 
self-conscious about it and about showing people. So I, I, the first show that I've ever had was in 2010 and I was terrified and I, I didn't have any body of work like I have now. I just had drawings, like little sketches, like you said, just like on paper. I was approached by somebody that worked for Raw Artists. Um, if I wanted to be a part of the show. It's a community of artists and they're super supportive of upcoming artists and they, they showcase them in a group and they interview you, they make a video, they have, they make content for you to show to the world your work. It's a great organization. But I wasn't prepared and I was terrified. I just made a bunch of crap. It was literally crap. I had never painted, painted like that. I just doodled and... I feel like that, that was pretty, like, turning in all that work, that was just stuff I literally, like, made over the period of a week. You don't paint, even one painting in a week, it takes weeks, months to paint a painting. But I pulled out, like, 15 paintings out of my ass in, like, a week. 15 paintings. So you can imagine, they were, like, and I had never really painted before, they are pretty shitty. So... I feel now that that was really bold of me to even do that. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. How, how did it turn out? Horrible. It was horrible. I was so unprepared. Like, I didn't even have business cards. My sister helped me out. She was in school for graphic design at the time, but mm -hmm. she had just started, kind of. Yeah, yeah, about, like, just started. And she just put some text on a, a paper. She put it, like, modified it printed out a bunch of paper and we cut it out. It was just a bunch of little pieces of paper. Those are my business cards. And then it was just a disaster. I invited everybody. My dad didn't go. I invited everybody and like everybody was just like, ah, I could tell people were like, oh, this is so ugly. Why are you in on this show? It was just like, uh, thinking about it. And even my interview was just so, like I said, I'm not very good with words. And when I like freak out, it just like, go everywhere and use me train of thought and that's what happened but worse because I was on camera and I was just like freaking but you, out but you know the the most important thing is you took that first step yeah. and you actually went and just the story about your sister coming up with business cards and, and the fact that you guys are being so so versatile in terms of coming up with what was needed and the fact that you took a step um, this was something that I was talking to my wife about too. You finding that community that where you belong. Going back a little bit to our previous conversation about your dad being very, very, I won't say harsh, but more critical about your work. Mm -hmm. One is to strengthen you, to, to make you emotionally prepare for that. But at the same time, it kind of had its drawbacks because you were more conscious about how people judged you. But for you to then go out of your comfort zone and be in the same environment with like-minded people and have them kind of uplift you and help you become better. I think you took that first step and that is essentially what made you bold. But because maybe if you didn't, if you didn't go to that event or if you didn't showcase that artwork, you would still be where you were before. So props to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Follow-up question. Yeah. And this could be from a similar experience. I usually start it like this. Superman is afraid of kryptonite. Batman is afraid of his parents. Bill Clinton is afraid of his wife. What are you afraid of? <laughs> um, my fears have literally changed a lot since I uh, had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Before, it was like, you know, being bored. 
and not being able to buy a house and being in debt or having bad credit, like little things like that. Those like my fear. But after having my daughter, my greatest fear is losing her respect. I feel like that would destroy me. Like if my my daughter didn't respect me. Let, let me ask you a little bit more. Yeah, no, because because actually when you said that, I actually got this chill, like literally, because out of out of the limited amount of people that I've talked to thus far, the entrepreneurs, the people who are doing their own things, I know some will say they don't have any fear, or some will say the fear of just failing, right, outright. But for you, because you just became a mother um, not too long ago, and also we noticed that, or based on your conversation. Before, the fear that you had was transitioning from who you were as an individual, trying to build this business of yours or trying to establish your own personal brand. And I personally can relate to when you say, hey, you know, I'm, I was worried about not being able to put food on the table, not being able to afford the house or not being able to pay rent. These are things that I constantly think about too, where, where I gave you an example before of me trying to figure out do I pursue my passion 100%? But what about the fact that I have to pay rent? What about the fact that I have to keep a roof over the head and, and have food on the table or make sure that my family now, now I have can also live on par with everybody else? That's kind of the basic premises of a, of a lot of individuals fear when they're trying to break out of that shell. And I'm still fighting that. But to hear you say that you've elevated now from that personal fear to, to something that's more emotional but a lot more when you when you said that about your fear of your daughter losing respect I, it's very very powerful because now you're not just thinking about yourself and that type of fear is not something that that's artificial when you talk about money and, and, and food but when you talk about your child and, and, and the fear but you can almost look at that as also a strength in itself when, when you mentioned it. Can you kind of share with our listeners how you kind of transition? Yes, you, you have a child, but how do you kind of overcome that basic premise of the fear of food, rent, and, and just having a paycheck to now this bigger fear, but, but something that's also motivational at the same time? I grew up with what I needed. It wasn't like you know, splendid, but we weren't like poor. My dad instilled in us and my mom that money is not important and that when you die, you can't take, can take it with you. So we lived our best life, enjoying every day. You know, they lived paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, but we had such a fun childhood. And um, my dad's always like, take risks. And you know, my mom's like, no. There's such different people. Like, my, I love my mom. Like, she's instilled a lot of, like, good things in me. But my dad's, like, the one that's really, like, as you can tell, I talk a lot about him. <laughs> um, but he's always like, take risks, take risks. Who cares if you fail? Like, you can get up. And what's the worst that can happen? Like, the, if the worst thing would be that you would die or you would be in the gutter. He's like, you have a family. We'll take care of you. It's okay if you come back. It's okay if, like... You fail and you lose everything, you have no food, we'll take care of you here. So I was never really afraid to fail like that. When I first got married, I had just been laid off because the company went under. Mm -hmm. And my husband had just barely gotten a job and it was at like 
it was where he works now at Verizon, but we didn't know like the type of money that he could be making. We didn't know anything. We didn't even have the amount to pay rent the next month. We had the down payment for the yeah. place, but we didn't have to pay next month's rent. We needed to get out. Like I lived with my mother-in-law for, uh, I think it was only a month because we were already in preparation to get our, our apartment. And I, I swear, I was like, I never want to live with anybody because growing up, I lived with a lot of family members and it was horrible. But we just took the plunge. And I think once you take the plunge, like you kind of figure it out and you're already in it. So you, you have to figure it out like, okay, we're in this apartment. We can't afford it. What do we do? So we just bust our ass and we just figure, like, can we pay next month? Okay, awesome. Oh, you're making good money. Let's start saving. Let's start saving, saving, saving. And we saved enough. We got pregnant after two years of being married and we were still in an apartment, that little apartment. And we had enough saved to put a down payment in the house. This, we were like, we need a house. So we put a down payment in this house and we were still afraid because we were like, damn, we're going to go from that amount of rent to this amount of mortgage and then, you know, utilities and taxes and all that stuff. But again, we took the plunge, like not knowing if we were going to be able to do it. But here we are almost two years later to the date, like to the date, because it's April when we got this place two years ago. We're okay. And I feel like after we had our daughter, I don't care if I go back to that little apartment. Like, I don't care if I live back with my parents and my husband. Like, I feel like at, at this point, it's just like all I need is my daughter and my husband and just what we built together. But I'm sorry, I kind of like... No, no, no. Chill no, no. Top, top. Or, what was the... You said, sorry, the how, how, you, how you overcame that. And I think you, you answered it perfectly. You, when, when you were perceived with all these situations that you thought were fearful, that you were uncertain of, what you decided to do was just to take action. Just take that plunge and just jump right in, dive right in, and roll with the punches. Because one of my takeaways from you is that what you realize coming out on the other end is, Taking that action is what's going to, A, push you to do things, but more importantly, having the right partner and having that family. And you said it yourself at the end, you're okay with, not on wood, but not having everything. As long as you have your family, you know you can rebuild it from scratch. And if not, even bigger and better. That's what you've kind of elevated to. Before, it was just about the bare minimum, the bare essential in yourself. But now, given this whole entire experience coming out on top with the right partner, with this wonderful child and you realize, hey, we can actually, with the family and, and with the bond that we build, we can overcome anything. Good for you. Kudos you. to that. And that concludes our part one of this two-part series podcast. What do you guys think about this new format? Do you like it? Do you don't like it? Let us know. Leave us a comment. And don't forget to come back for part two of this amazing conversation. Thank you all for listening to The Boldcast. I hope you all enjoyed the episode just as much as I did. We have many more planned, and I'm hoping to break down the barrier even further and to show you guys that this journey you guys are on, that I am on, that everyone else is on, it's not an empty journey. It's not a lonely journey. We're all in it together. So be sure to tune back in and be sure to follow Best of Bold on Instagram and to check out the website bestable.com. Tell your mom, tell your grandma, tell your neighbor, tell your dog, tell your enemies. You know, we're doing this. So until next time, stay bold. <laughs>